return. He is coming. He is coming soon. And as we honor his birth, today we reflect. In a few minutes, we'll be sharing communion, Eucharist, which means body of Christ. But the, the word euchre is a Greek word that simply means to give thanks. And this morning, there's so many things that we are thankful for. The fact that you're alive and breathing and healthy and well, dressed warm, money in your pocket, food in your refrigerator, DVD in your DVD, DVD player, all those, all those little things that sometimes we take for granted. Uh, it has been a, a good year. God has been faithful. Uh, God is good. As Pastor Rhonda mentioned, uh, so many different ones were involved in the last Sunday night that uh, it would be impossible to name them all. But it uh, certainly was a, a success. The food was great. The entertainment was great. The uh, drama was great. And uh, a little later in the year, I'd like to do that drama again, Help from Heaven, such a powerful truth about what harvest is all about. Next Sunday morning will simply be a very informal. Uh, I was thinking about wearing my robe and pajamas, but I won't because I don't, I don't have a robe. And you would probably be embarrassed by my Superman, Spider-Man pajamas. Uh, special thank you to uh, Abigail. A special thank you every Sunday morning, faithful to our children. Bless our children. Special thank you to Courtney for ministering to our children in Children's Church. And again, that evangelistically, that Hope House this morning is ministering their cardboard testimonies. That's, uh, that's certainly an opportunity that we are proud of and proud that they can go and pray that their life, their testimony will change somebody. Our birthday babies aren't here. They went to Nana's church this morning. We had two birthdays to celebrate, and we'll celebrate. Oh, Max, so we celebrate two, two yesterday. It's two yesterday, and. Uh, Skylar will turn to the 23rd, then Courtney, Christine, the 28th and 29th. A lot of birthday cake, a lot of, a lot of birthday cake uh, coming up. And again, in reflection, just uh, so proud of all of us that God has brought together to accomplish what he has called us to do. 30, I'm probably going to be corrected, 30 or 31 years ago, December 26th, uh, Pastor Ron and I started a revival in a little church called Faith Memorial. There were about 100 people in attendance. The revival was scheduled to be a Sunday through a Wednesday. The revival went eight weeks right through the dead of winter. Uh, one service, we turned away 100 cars. Uh, the building was packed out for eight weeks. In that eight-week revival, over 500 first-time decisions for the Lord and uh, from that revival, Church of the Harvest was birthed, and so the revival went all of January, all of February. The first Sunday in March, Church of the Harvest celebrates, I believe, 31 years as a church. I believe. It might be 30. It might be 31. It might be 32. can't be 32 because Courtney turned 30. So 28 years ago? Well, they, we will get that. I know that's really important to people that just, they're OCD and they got to have the exact date. But uh, again, it's been, a, it's been an interesting ride. It's been an interesting 
uh, uh, moment in time. Just suppose God had searched through all of heaven and couldn't find one willing to be the supreme sacrifice that was needed to give eternal life for you and me. Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, and had it not been for the old rugged cross, and had it not been for a man called Jesus, then forever my soul would be lost. Isaiah talked about that day, the seventh chapter, the 14th verse, said, The Lord himself shall give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah comments in 9 and 6, And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Father Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. I'm so glad that day did occur, and he did visit this tiny planet, such an insignificant planet in the solar systems of infinity, such an insignificant planet that he would choose to die that you and I might live. I want to share this morning a reading, and it's from uh, Max Licato. It's called Cosmic Christmas. Uh, it's an incredible story. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to tap into about the middle of the story uh, for time's sake and uh, for purpose. Uh, again, we will be celebrating communion this morning after the reading, and we'll celebrate communion next Sunday morning. Very informal. Keith and I will be here. There will be some good music playing, and uh, there will be no, no praise and worship, no service, but I will serve you communion um, as, you, as you come or not come. As Pastor Rhonda mentioned, this is just something that we wanted to have the house of God open just in case somebody wanted uh, to come and just honor the Lord. And, and uh, we honor the Lord with our families, the things that we are thankful for. The Christmas story has been told by so many different entities and so many different personalities. It's been told as the shepherds would tell it. It's been told as if Mary would tell it. It's been told as if Joseph would tell it. But Max Licato shares this story as the angels would tell it. And again, I'm going to begin in the middle of this, this story. And uh, if you have this book or you would like to borrow this book, you can. It's a powerful story how the angels tell about the coming of Christ and the battle that ensued the the. Uh, attack of the enemy to try to stop uh, the baby from being born. And then the next 33 years of his life, the enemy several different times tried to destroy him and tried to take him out. And this story reminds me of when you were born, there was also a spiritual attack assigned to you that the enemy is terrified of your life, terrified of your testimony, terrified of your destiny, and has done everything in his power not just to kill you, but distract you and deter you from your purpose and your, the plan that God has for your life. So told, as perhaps Gabriel would tell it, God had given Gabriel a vial that Gabriel brought to Mary. That vial contained that seed 
that birthed the child and birthed the Savior and birthed the King. And so starting from there, I see you've made it safely. It was the voice I dreaded. Instantly, he was before us. We had no option but to stop. You're wearing your old uniform, Lucifer, I accused. The true angels were entranced at his appearance, as was I. Was this the same devil who had repulsed me in the throne room? His hoarse whisper was now a vibrant baritone. The skeletal figure now robust and statuesque. Next to his light, our whiteness was gray and dirty. Next to his voice, our voices were but a whimper. We raised our swords, but they flickered like candles against the sun. My battalions looked upon the devil in confusion. Before the send-off, Michael had tried to warn them, but no words prepare you for Lucifer. Without speaking a word, he enchants. Without lifting a weapon, he disarms. Without a touch, he seduces. Angels have been known to follow him without resistance. But I had the words of the Father in my heart. He has been a liar since the beginning. The devil looked at me with a soft smile. Gabriel, Gabriel, how many times have I spoken your name? My servants can tell you I have followed you through the years. You are the one loyal angel, and now your loyalty is rewarded. The mission of missions. He threw back his head and laughed. Not an evil laugh, but a godlike one. How, will, how well he imitates the king. It's no imitation, he said, as if he could read my mind. It's genuine. I rejoice that you have passed our test. My face betrayed my perplexity. Has he not informed you, my friend? How wise is our heavenly father, how gracious that he would allow me the privilege of telling you. This has been a trial of your loyalty. Your whole mission was a test. The day of sorrows, the heavenly rebellion, the falling of the angels, my visit in the throne room, the net. All of this was to test you, to train you. And now, O Gabriel, the king and I congratulate you. You have proven faithful. I thought that I had known every scheme of Lucifer, every misdeed, every lie. I thought I had anticipated every possible move. I was wrong. This one I never imagined. Oh, he's so sly. He sounded so sincere. Do you honestly think that I could rebel against God, he implored? The father of truth, why I love him. His grand voice choked with emotion. He created me. He gave me free will. And all this time, I have worshipped him from afar so that you could be tested. And now, my friend, you have passed the father's test. Why else would it allow you to witness my visit to heaven? It was all staged event. God's magnum opens to test your dedication. His words tugged at my heart. My sword dropped to my side and my shield to the other. My thoughts swam. What is this I feel? What is this power? I know he is evil, yet I find myself weakening. I at once long to, lo to love and to kill him, to trust and deny him. I turned back to my two angels, Agius and Paragon. They too had dropped their weapons their face softening as they began to believe the words the deceiver spoke. Behind them, our armies were relaxing. 
One by one, the swords were dimming. Incredible. With only a few words, Lucifer could harness legions. Is this really true? He looked and sounds so much like the Father. All of us were beginning to fall under his control. All that is except one. In the distance, I saw Sophia. His eyes were not on Lucifer. He was looking heaven, heavenward. I could hear his declaration mounting in volume with each phrase. Neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor death nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Do I have an amen? Sophia's prayer was a beam into the sky. With my eyes, I followed the shaft of light. At its end, I could see my father standing. One glimpse of his glory and my confusion cleared. I snapped erect and repositioned my shield. Lucifer, for the first time, saw Sophia praying. His smile vanished, then he was forced it to return. He spoke faster, but the true rasp of his voice was returning. The Father awaits us, Gabriel. Let's smash the violent celebration of the Father's victory. Let us return with joy. Your mission is complete. You'll reward it with a throne like mine. You will be like God. If Satan had any chance, he just lost it. Liar, I defiled. I've heard those words before. I've heard that promise. It's a lie, and you're the father of lies. You stink, you buzzard, to hell with you. Another amen. Though I knew my sword would not stop Lucifer, still I unsheathed my weapon. Almighty God, save us, I prayed. He did. My sword projected a light far greater than ever before, a light so bright that Lucifer covered his eyes and released a deluge of curses. I turned to my angels. They were again alert and poised, a spell broken, and their courage restored. They lifted up their swords in defiance. The everlasting light illuminated the devil, revealing what I had seen in the throne room. Only now his hood lay back. The skullish face violated the sky. I drove my light into the devil's heart. As I did, Agias did the same from the other side. Skate and scream, wreathing in pain as the lights fused in purging heat. From within him scampered the orgies of a thousand miseries, loneliness, anger, fear. In one final desperate attempt, Lucifer twisted toward me and lunged at heaven's vial. He never had a chance. Peregrine's sword swept out of the sky, severing Satan's hand from his arm, sending it spiraling into the night. A wave of stench forced us to lift our shields before our faces. Satan threw back his head, his visage contorted in pain. The voice which only moments before had charmed now hissed. I'll be back, Lucifer swore. I'll be back. Sophia shook his head in disgust, disguised as an angel of light, he said softly. As quickly as he had appeared, Satan was gone, and we erupted in praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, King of kings and Lord of lords, and he shall reign forever. As a father received our praise, he whispered to me. I heard him as if at my side. Go, Gabriel, go tell Mary. On a wave of worship I flew, this time alone. I circled through the clouds and over the ground. Before me was the city where Mary was born. The father was right. I knew her in an instant. Her heart had no shadow. Her soul was as pure as any I've seen. I made the final descent. Mary, I kept my voice low. 
so not to startle her. She turned but saw nothing. Then I realized I was invisible to her. I waved my wings before my body and incarnated. She covered her face as the light and shrank from protection of the doorway. Don't be afraid, I urged. The minute I spoke, she looked up towards the sky. Again, I was amazed. I praised my father for his wisdom. Her heart is so flawless, so willing. Greetings, God be with you. Her eyes widened as she turned as if to run. Mary, you have nothing to fear. You found favor with God. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end, ever, ever to his kingdom. Though she was listening, she was puzzled. But how? I've never slept with a man. Before I spoke, I looked up into the heavens. The Father was standing, giving me his blessing. I continued, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. Nothing you see, let me say that again, nothing you see is impossible to God. Mary looked at me and then up into the sky. For a long time, she gazed into the blueness so long that I, too, looked up. Did she see the angels? Did the heavens open? I do not know. But I do know that when I looked back at her, she was smiling. Yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. As she spoke, a light appeared in her womb. I glanced at the vial around my neck. The father had given me at the throne. It was empty. Joseph led the donkey off to the side of the road and rubbed his hand over his forehead. Let's find a place to spend the night. It'll be dark before we reach Bethlehem. Mary didn't respond. Joseph walked around the side of the animal and looked into his wife's face. She was asleep, chin on her chest, hands on her stomach. How had she been able to doze off while riding on the back of a donkey? Suddenly her head popped up and her eyes opened. Are we there? No, smiled the young husband. We still have several hours to go. I see an inn up ahead. Shall we spend the night? Oh, Joseph, I'm feeling we should continue until we reach Bethlehem. Then she paused. Perhaps we can stop for a rest. He sighed, smiled, and squeezed her hand and resumed his place, leading the donkey towards the simple structure on the side of the road. It's crowded, Joseph said as he lowered Mary to the ground. It took several minutes for Joseph to find a bench where the two could sit. I'll return in a moment with something to eat. Joseph elbowed his way through the crowd. He turned around in time to see a woman take an empty seat near Mary, next to Mary. Mary started to object, but then she smiled, looked through the crowd at Joseph and shrugged. Not an unkind bone in her body, he mused. Of all the bizarre events over the last few months, he was sure of one thing, the heart of his wife. He'd never seen anyone like her. Her story that an angel appeared in the middle of the afternoon, could it have been a kid playing a trick? The memory of an angel appearing in his sleep, could it have been from God? Could it have been from too much wine? Her story about her uncle being struck speechless until the cousin was born, could it have been laryngitis? But her story about being a pregnant virgin, Mary doesn't lie. She's as pure as an angel, so if Mary says she's a virgin, 
she is. If she says the baby is a son of God, let's just hope. He gets his nose from the heavenly, he gets his nose from the father's side of the family. I'm not sure what that means. Mary, round-faced and short, wasn't a beauty by any means, a bit hefty even before she was pregnant. But her eyes always twinkled, and her heart was bigger than the Mediterranean. She had an ever-present smile and the countenance of a person about to deliver the punchline of a good joke. That's what made Mary. Joseph shook his head as Mary pushed herself to her feet. As the husband of the woman who had taken Joseph's seat could sit down. The man started to object, but she waved him off. I need to stand for a minute, she mouthed to Joseph as she walked in his direction or waddled in his direction. Leila, I'm sure that you can relate. They had both hoped the baby would come in Nazareth. At least they had family there. They knew no one in Bethlehem. Joseph tucked his har her arm in his, and the two leaned against the wall. You sure you want to go farther? She nodded, and after more than a few excuse me's and pardon me's, the two found their way to the door. One more drink of water, Mary asked. Of course, wait a minute. Mary leaned against the tree as Joseph stood in line at the well. She smiled the way he quickly stuck up, struck up conversation with the man in front of him. When he returned carrying water, the man was with him. After helping Mary into the wagon, he looked at her and said, Bethlehem, our destination. Argus hovered in the front of the wagon and Paragon behind. Both were alert, wings spread, swords drawn. Up until the stop at the end, I'd flown with them. But something seemed suspicious about the wagon, so I took the form of a person. I quickly regretted not having chosen the appearance of a young merchant. The beard I had was itchy and scraggly. My battalion didn't need me to remind them, but I did anyway. Hell does not want Emmanuel born. Stay alert. Invisible angels a dozen deep encircled the wagon. I smiled to myself. Simon could have driven blindfolded. There was no way this cart would have failed to reach its destination. The congested road slowed our progress. We traveled no faster than those around us on foot, but at least Mary could rest. She closed her eyes and leaned her head against the side of the wagon. I could see the radiance in her womb. He glowed like a healing fire. I worshiped him even unborn. My heart celebrated with silent songs of praise, which he could hear. I smiled at Mary, felt him move. Around me, the army heard my song and joined in praise. Almost an hour later, I sensed it evil, my body tense. The feeling of deviltry was now on the road, lurking among the travelers. I alerted the angels, be ready. Sophia entered the cart and whispered. He prowls as a lion looking for someone to devour. I nodded in agreement and searched the faces of those walking near the wagon. Pause for a sec. But don't you have just one room, Joseph pleaded. To be honest, I did, but only moments ago, a large delegation arrived and took every last bed. I don't have a place for you and your wife. Joseph tried to be patient, but his jaw was tightening. He leaned forward so his face was inches from the innkeepers. 
See that lady in the cart he asked through his teeth? She is my wife. She can deliver any minute. She nearly had the baby this afternoon in a wagon. She is in pain right now. Do you want the baby to be born here in your doorway? No, of course not, but I can't help you. Please understand, I have no more rooms. I heard you, but it's midnight and cold. Don't you have any place for us to keep warm? The man sighed, looked at Mary, and then at Joseph. He walked into his house and returned with a lamp. Behind the inn is a trail which will lead you down a hill. Follow it until you come to a stable. It's clean, as clean as stables usually are. With a shrug, he added, you'll be warm there. Joseph couldn't believe what he was hearing. You expect me to stay in the stable? Joseph. It was Mary speaking. She'd heard every word. He turned. She was smiling. He knew exactly what the smile meant. Enough arguing. His sigh puffed his cheeks. That will be fine, Joseph consented, and took the lamp. Strange, the clerk muttered to himself as the couple left. Turning to his wife, he asked, Who was that man who took all the rooms? Opened the register, the woman read the name aloud. Different name, Sophia. Must be Greek. We were a wreath of light around the stable and necklaces of diamonds around the structure. Every angel had been called from his post for the coming, even Michael. None doubted God would, but none knew how he could fulfill his promise. I've heated the water. No need to yell, Joseph. I hear you fine. Mary would have heard had Joseph whispered. The stable was even smaller than Joseph had imagined, but the innkeeper was right. It was clean. I started to clear out the sheep and the cow, but Michael stopped me. The Father wants all of creation to witness this moment. Aye. I guess that's how you would say it. Mary gripped Joseph's arm with one hand and a feed trough with the other. The thrust from Abaddon lifted her back, and she leaned forward. Is it time? Joseph panted. She shot him a glance, and he had his answer. <laughs> Within moments, the awaited one was born. I was privileged to have a position close to the couple, only a step behind Michael. We both gazed into the wrinkled face of the infant. Joseph had placed hay in a feed trough, giving Jesus his first bed. All of God was in the infant. Light encircled his face and radiated from his tiny hands. The very glory I had witnessed in his throne room now burst through his skin. I felt we should sing but did not know what. We had no song. We had no verse. We had never seen the sight of God as a baby. What God had made a star, our words, our words had roared. When he had delivered his servants, our tongues had flown with praise. Before his throne, our songs never ended. But what do you sing to God lying in a feed trough? In that moment, a wonderful thing happened. As we looked at the baby Jesus, the darkness lifted, not the darkness of the night, but the darkness of the mystery. Heaven's enlightenment engulfed the legions. Our minds were filled with truth we had never seen before. We became aware for the first time the Father's plan to rescue those who bear his name. He revealed to us all that was to come. At once, amazed and stunned, the eyes of every angel went to one part of the child, the hands which would be pierced. At the pounding of the nail, God told us, you will not save him. You will watch, you will hear, and you will yearn, but you will not rescue. 
Pagamus and Agius turned to me, begging for an explanation. I had none. I exist to serve my king, and I must watch him be tortured. I looked to Michael. His face was stone hard with torment. I recognized the look, for I felt the same. We could not fathom the command, how will we sit silent as you suffer, we ask in unison. There was no response. Sophia was whispering. I drew nigh to hear his words. A child has been given to us. God has given a son to us. He will be responsible for leading the people. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. He will be wounded for the wrong they did, crucified for the evil they occurred. The punishment which will make them well will be given to him. They will be healed because of his wounds. Once again, I heard the words I had heard first in the throne room. Only this time I understood. Jesus, nail, cross, blood, tomb, life. So this is Emmanuel. So this is God's gift, a Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. Worthy is a lamb, I whispered as I knelt before my God. My heart was full. I turned to Mary as she cradled her child, and I spoke. It didn't matter that she couldn't hear me. The stars could. All of nature could. And most of all, my king could. Do you know what you hold, Mary? You secure the author of grace. He who is ageless is now moments old. He who is limitless is now suckling your milk. He who strides upon the stars now has legs too weak to walk. The hands which held the oceans are now an infant's fist. To him who never asked a question, you will teach the name of the wind. The source of language will learn words from you. He who never stumbled, you will carry. He who has never hungered, you will feed. The king of creation is in your arms. What manner of love is this? Michael whispered, and again we were covered with silence, a blanket of all. Finally, Michael again opened his mouth, this time to sing. He began quietly pausing between the words, glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. One by one we join, glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. Gradually the chorus grew louder and faster, glory, glory to God in the highest, glory, glory to God in the highest, glory, glory to God in the highest. Our praise rose above the realms of the universe. In the most distant galaxy, the dust on the oldest star danced with our praises. In the depth of the oceans, the water rippled with adoration. The tiniest microbe turned. The mightiest constellation spun. All of nature joined with us as we worshiped Emmanuel, the God who had become flesh. Father, we're so appreciative of the gift of your son. We're appreciative of the gifts the wise men brought. Gold because he was a king. Frankincense because he was a god. Myrrh because he would die a spotless lamb. We thank you for this season, for every song that declares silent night, away in the manger, and hark the herald angels sing. And we mostly appreciate the song, O come, let us adore him. Thank you for this moment to survive, to exist, to live, to enjoy all the blessings you have provided through the cross. Let us always be focused on your return, and let us realize that soon and very soon 
the babe that was born, the king that died, will return, and he will never study war no more. In Jesus' name.